also want to say it is so good to have the Duffies back. Amen. They are back home. And uh, I am thankful for their ministry and uh, that they travel and have been up in Minnesota. This is kind of a little unusual for what you have what you have done, but they went up and there's a, a church that they've ministered at before and spent uh, about a month up there in Minnesota at this one church as the pastor was recovering from a surgery. And amen, I know that they were blessed for it. I'm sure of that. Amen. First Corinthians chapter four says, let a man, beginning in verse one, let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. I just want to talk here this morning about being stewards of the mysteries. We are stewards of the mysteries of God. The word steward is is a word which means the manager of a household or of the affairs of a household. It is somebody in, in that time when Paul was writing this, this scripture here, the, the understanding would have been of somebody that was either a slave or a freedman, meaning they were once a slave but have now been freed. That was typically... Um, the the individuals who are put as the stewards of a household. Uh, but this was a person that was not, whether they were a slave at the time or a freed man, they were, they were not uh, a, a slave or a, uh, at the same level as the others in the household. This was not just any household, but this was, this was the, the households that, um, could afford to have a steward that that needed to have a steward and and they weren't they weren't the ones who owned the house they weren't the ones who who had amassed this wealth and uh, had purchased the house and and that had the estate but rather they were the managers of the the estate but they had people that they were over but they also had somebody that was over them they were managing something that was given to them or something that was entrusted to them. And when Paul writes this letter, this letter to the Corinthians, he tells them, he says, we are the stewards of the mysteries of God. There are certain things that have been handed to us, certain things that have been entrusted to us that we are the stewards of these things. We are the stewards. It is, it doesn't belong to us. These, these mysteries, these things which come from God, they don't belong to us, but we are to steward them. We are to, to manage them well. There is it that, this mysteries that we come across that several times in, in the New Testament. The, speaking of the mysteries of God. And, and, you know, sometimes when you think of, or typically when we think of a mystery today, it's something that is unsolved. It's some type of an unsolved mystery. Some, if you remember back several years ago, I don't, I don't remember quite how long ago this was now, uh, but it still remains a mystery of this flight that took off 
from Kuala Lumpur, and it was was heading. Um, now I don't remember exactly where it was or setting to, but this this flight it it changed its path and it just disappeared, and and all the passengers on board disappeared in the Indian Ocean. You anybody remember that this flight mystery? You know, there's there's these mysteries like that. You don't know exactly what took place, and and it took a long time for them to solve that. They still don't know exactly. What happened? It seems as though there was uh, the the individual that was flying the plane somehow somehow got everything off course and and he, he flew the plane into the ocean. But there are these mysteries that still today seem to be unsolved. But when we come across this in in scripture, the mysteries of God, it's not referring to something that is unsolved. It's not referring to something that has not been, has not been, uh, uh, revealed to us today, but rather these are the hidden or the secret things that are not obvious to the understanding. So if you're trying to understand them from a human perspective, or if you're trying to understand them just, uh, just from, from your intellect, you, you may not understand them, but rather these are things that have been revealed by the Spirit of God. The mysteries of God are no, no longer remain a mystery to us. They have been revealed by the Spirit of God. These are things that, that are the truth of the Word of God. And you know, this world today, they, they, they look at, they look at, um, their, their, their worldview is, is so different from the worldview that is established on the Word of God. The, the worldview of, of the, the people in this, in this culture that we live in is so different, so radically different from our, from my worldview, from, from your worldview, from one that's established on the Word of God. But, but that is, that is because there's things in here that remain a mystery to them. Now why, why would you believe that? Why, why would you, uh, why would you think that that is, uh, you know, that, that is, is as, uh, as you would say, uh, read here in scripture. Why would you, uh, hold any of that to actually be true? It's because, come on, there's something that the Spirit of God did and He, He has revealed things to me that they have been established and, and they are revealed. They're no longer mysteries to me. And, and so these things though, that we have, that have been revealed to us through the Spirit of God, and through the word, they are given to us to be, or so that we could be stewards of the mysteries. Not to keep them mysterious, but rather to reveal these things to the world. See, the question is, what, what are you doing with the things which God has revealed? What are you doing as the steward of the mysteries of God. These things that, that God has, has opened up to us, these, the, the word of God, the fact of, of, of the word of God and, and, and the understanding that there is, there is a, an eternal, uh, state at play. Come on, God, we, we are here on this, on this earth for just a short time. And what are we doing with the things that God has given us? 
What are we doing with the things that are in this, this book? Come on, this, this book right here, this is not just, come on, from some other, some author that has just lived a few short years. This is from the eternal God. Every word in this book is from the eternal God. What are we doing as the stewards of the mysteries of God? What are you doing with the things which God has given us? Are you a good steward of the mysteries of God? See, good stewards, first of all, good stewards recognize the value of what they have been given, or what they have been entrusted with. A good steward is, is not somebody, you wouldn't put somebody as, as a steward of your household if uh, you have this, this great fortune and they don't even realize what it is that you have. You wouldn't, you wouldn't put them as the steward over your house if, if this is, you know, you have this thing of great value and they treat it as if, you know, you can just go and replace this. You wouldn't, you wouldn't put them as, uh, you wouldn't entrust them with something so precious, but, but God has entrusted us as the church, as His people, with something that is precious. We must, recognize the value of the things that God has given to us. See, Matthew chapter 13 tells us about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, it says in Matthew 13, verse 44, that the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure that's hid in a field, which when a man has found it, he hideth, and for joy he goes and he sells all that he has, and he buys that field. He goes on in verse 45, he says again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls who, when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and he sold all that he had and he bought it. Proverbs 23, 23 tells us to buy the truth and sell it not. Well, this this thing that the kingdom of heaven, the, the very things that God has given us, the very mysteries which God, come on, we are, we are living as the, as the stewards of the things of God, of the kingdom of heaven, the mystery that we have. Come on, it's no longer a mystery. Come on, but we have this and we have been entrusted to, to, to uh, see God. This is something that is so valuable. Do you value the kingdom of God? Do you truly understand the value of your salvation? Do you truly understand the value of the church? Do you truly understand the value of the th- of this book? Do you truly understand the value? Good stewards recognize the value of what we have. They, they take it and, and they, they, they don't just treat it as something that is, that can be replaced or that is, you know, one of, um, you know, one of many. Now this is a one of a kind. The things that we have been given, this, this life, and, and it's, I'm not trying to, to make this something that is, uh, you know, like hocus pocus kind of magic mystery kind of stuff. This is, I'm talking about the the very salvation that we have. I'm talking about the truth that God has revealed. I'm talking about, come on, the Holy Spirit that is inside of you. Come on, these things, do you recognize the value of it? 
Do you recognize the value when Jesus Christ went and died on a cross for our sins? Do you recognize the value of us? Come on, there's there's many in here that you've been born in the church. You were raised in the church. I'm thankful for that myself, that I was raised in the church. Come on, but do you recognize the value of what you were born into? If you weren't born in this, come on, there was a day when you, come on, Kate, when your eyes were opened, when something was revealed to you, and you said, I value that more than the way that I am living right now, and I'm going to give up the way that I was living so that I can hold on to this, this new truth. Come on, the kingdom of heaven's like a treasure in a field. When a man has found it, He goes, he sells everything that he has, he buys the field. Do you value the things of God? Do you value that the the, the church? Do you value, come on, your, your relationship with God? Do you hold on to this understanding the very the very precious price that it that it is? The like that pearl of a great price, would you go and sell everything that you have for this? I sure hope, I sure hope that we wouldn't just walk away. She wouldn't just walk away from truth to go follow something else. Come on, there's, this is too precious of a thing. Your salvation is too precious of a thing. Do you truly hold on to truth? Do you truly hold on to the words that are in this book? Do you value them? The world doesn't recognize the value. See, but good stewards, they don't just value, they don't just recognize the value, but good stewards mul- multiply the value. Now, how can you multiply the value of something that is invaluable? How can you multiply the value of, of that which God has given us? How can you multiply the value of your salvation? How can you multiply the value of the goodness of God? How can you multiply the value of any of that? The only way that you can multiply the value is when you don't keep this for yourself. You recognize the value of what you have, but then you say, let me take this and share it with somebody else. Let me take this and let somebody else know about how valuable this thing is that I have. Are you, are you a steward of the mystery? If we were to go to Matthew chapter 25, I'll just paraphrase this, uh, this parable that Jesus tells there in Matthew 25. I'm sure that you know it. It's, uh, he, he's, he's speaking of a, uh, a man who had great value, things of great value. And he went away for many months and uh, he entrusted the things that he had in his home, the talents, these, the, the talents or the, um, these, these things of value. He entrusts them with the stewards of the house. He gives them to three individuals. He gives one ten talents. He gives one five talents. And he gives another uh, one talent. And he, when he comes back from his trip, when he comes back from, from this uh, time away, he, he, he comes to the man with that, that he had given the ten talents. And he says, what have you done with the ten talents that I've given you? He says, well, I went out. I invested them. 
I multiplied them. I doubled them. Here, here's 20 talents in return. The man of the five talents. What have you done with the five talents that I've given you? And he says, I went and I multiplied the value of what you gave me. The one that had just one talent. He says, what have you done with that? And he says, well, I was afraid uh, that I was going to lose it. So I just buried it. Here it is. And he says, oh, you wicked and slothful servant. Don't you know that I've given this to you, not just to hold on for yourself, but I've given this so that you can multiply the value, so that you can increase Come on, what I have given you. Good stewards multiply the value of what they have been given. They don't keep these things just for themselves. God, you weren't saved just for you. This isn't just something for you to keep to yourself, but God is calling us to be faithful servants, to be good stewards with the things that he has entrusted us with, which means that we go and we share this good news with somebody else. Would you multiply the value of the mysteries of God? Good stewards know to whom they answer. If we were, if we continue, if we go back to that first Corinthians chapter four and just continue in verse number three, let me get there. Continuing in verse three, it says, but with me, it's a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yeah, I, I judge not my own self for I know nothing by myself yet. Am I not hereby justified? He that judgeth me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise of God. He says, a good steward, this is just after he's he's, he's talking about us being stewards of, of the mysteries of God. He says a good steward realizes that, that they're, uh, what they are doing with the things they've been entrusted with is not to be judged by the world. It's not to be judged by somebody else in the, in the church. It's not to be judged by anybody except for God. We answer to God. You answer to God. And you are going to one day answer to God for what you have done with the things that you've been entrusted with. Number one, have you held on to this for yourself? Have you held on to the truth? Have you held on to the mysteries of God? Have you held on to the very things that God has entrusted you with? Have you bought this and not sold it? Have, you're, not, you're not a sellout, are you? When you're not, don't be a sellout. Don't be somebody who would let go of something of such great value. But also, don't just keep this for yourself. Come on, let's tell somebody else. I'm not here to impress. I'm not here to impress somebody else. The only one I want to impress is Jesus Christ. On that judgment day, I want to be able to stand before him. And he's going to say on that day, what have you done with, what the, with the things that I've given you? I, if I've filled you with my spirit, what have you done? I've given you power. What have you done with the very thing that I, the very most precious thing that I could ever give you? What have you done with it? Are you a steward of the mysteries? Maybe here this morning you're, you're still kind of wondering, what, what, what are we talking about? The mysteries 
of God? What are the things that we have been entrusted with? What are the things that, that we are to hold on to so dearly? And, and we could go and we could um, go through so many more than just these. But on the back of, the, of our handout here this morning, I just want to talk about some of the mysteries of God. Some of the things that God has entrusted us with that we ought not to sell out. Well, I'm not going to move off this position. I want to tell somebody else. I'm going to, I'm, I'm here to tell the world about it. And it's not about somebody else looking at me and saying, go on, you're doing a good job or you're doing a bad job. I just want to do this for God. The first, the first thing, the mysteries of God. Do you believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God? Or do you believe, do you truly believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. It tells us that in 2 Timothy chapter 3. If you want to turn there. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Come on, you either believe that and you, and you uh, hold this as, as inerrant as the word of God, or, or you can make it up, try to add, take away, say, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really believe that part of the Bible. Come on, or do you truly hold, uh, hold that to be the truth of God, that the Bible is the inspired word of God, that everything in this book is here to correct us, to bring us reproof, to bring us, come on, uh, instruction and righteousness. Come on, that there's nothing in here that should be taken out. There's nothing in, there's nothing that should be added to this, that this right here, come on, is the manual for life. This is, these are some of the mysteries of God. Some of the things that the world looks at and they say, that is quite a mystery. Brother Duffy, the world, they will never understand it. I'm saying there's the, the culture of the world. They will never understand why we do the things that we do. I'm not, not to say that, that an individual in the world can have their understanding opened. But the world as a whole will never understand why we do the things we do. But it's because I believe that this word right here is the inspired word of God. And that the scriptures are the final authority in all matters of faith and conduct. That this right here is my final authority. This right here is my final authority. It's not what my friend says. That's not the final authority. It's not what the comments on my Facebook page, my posts, it's not, that's not the final authority. Come on, of what I do in my life. It's not even what, uh, it's not even what our constitution says, even though I want to be a law abiding citizen. That's not the final authority for my life. The final authority for my life is right here in this book. 
And it may be a mystery because to somebody in the world, but to me, this, come on, it has been revealed and confirmed through the very Spirit of God for me. The mysteries of God are mysteries no more, but am I a steward of the mystery? Am I living that? Do I hold that to be truth? In fact, we can turn to Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, it pierces even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, come on, this word of God is alive, it is alive in you, come on, it's alive in me, this is the final authority, this is the thing, Second Peter, let's turn there, Second Peter chapter 1. Chapter 1, verses 19 through 21 says that we have also a more sure word of prophecy, wherein do ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns, until the day star arises in your heart. Know this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. This word is the final authority in all matters of faith, in all matters of my conduct. This right here is what I stand on. This right here is the truth. Amen. What do you believe about Jesus Christ? Well, these are the mysteries that, that, that to the world they remain mysterious, but I believe that in Jesus Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That in Jesus Christ, come on, that God came and he did dwell in a man here on this earth. That Jesus Christ, he, he, he was God manifest in flesh. He dwelt among us. Then he gave his life for us. He was seen of angels. Yet, he preached among the Gentiles. He's believed on in the world, but yet he, he also, come on, is, is the one who has power over the world. He says, before Abraham was, I am. He, he is the eternal God, Jesus Christ here on earth. He was manifest, come on, as a man, but, uh, but, but this was God that came down. Come on, the same God who was there before Abraham, the same God who created the heavens and the earth is the one who came and died for us. Now, this is something that um, when I say the mysteries of God, I believe that that there was a deception a whole or a long time ago. A long time ago, centuries ago, there was a deception that got into the church that does not understand the fullness of that truth of Jesus Christ. We cannot move off of the original gospel of Jesus Christ. Church, are we apostolic today or, or do we just fit in with everybody else? Come on, I, I believe that, that if, if you're looking for the original church, if you're looking for the same gospel that the first church preached, we preach this, the first gospel. We preach the original gospel of Jesus Christ here at New Life Apostolic Church. There is 
I, I, don't, I don't believe in the, the, uh, uh, the, the trinity of, of the separation of, of God. Come on into uh, one God here and one God is the Spirit and God the Father. No, there is not God the Father, God the Son, and God, come on, God the Spirit. He is one. He is one. Come on, do you hold to the truth? Do you hold, come on, these mysteries? Are you a steward of the mysteries of God? Stewards of the mysteries of God, they, if they lack understanding in something, then they will study it. They will try to find, God, what is the value in this? God, what is, well, not, this is, this is so valuable. God, let me, let me know everything about it. Let me study this until I know everything about it. Jesus Christ, through his death and his life, we have personal salvation. We have power for victorious living. That through Jesus Christ, we see that he overcame death, hell, and the grave. And we also can live victoriously in this life. I believe that. The mysteries of God, mysteries of God, speak of our salvation. All mankind has sinned. Every single one of us stands in need of redemption. Every single one of us stands in need of this, this Savior who would come for us. All mankind has sinned and stands in need of redemption. If we can turn to Romans chapter 3, verse 23. It says, for all have sinned. All of us have sinned. We have come short of the glory of God. I'll just continue there. Verse 24 says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We have been redeemed by Christ Jesus, but all of us have sinned and all of us come short of the glory of God. There's nobody in here. There is no person on earth that that does not stand in need of a savior. Are you a steward of the mystery of God? Are you a steward of this? Do you, do you not just hold this for you, but do you truly believe this Want for the person that you work beside? Do you truly believe this? Come on, for the person that, that you live beside, do you truly believe, come on, that every, every one of us is, is in need of redemption, that every one of us, come on, that we need to experience the new birth? Do you truly believe it? Are we good stewards of the mysteries of God? A good steward is not going to keep it for themselves. But a good steward is somebody who multiplies the value. See, redemption is obtained through the new birth by faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. I know that I know that these things here they are not um, these are not new revelations to any of us here this morning. Come on, but I want to remind you, come on, that these are the very things that still remain mysterious to this world. These are the things that still, come on, are a foreign concept to this world. But are you, as a good steward of these mysteries, are you, as a good steward, come on, of these things right here, do you hold on to them and understand the value of them for yourself? But then also say, come on, I can't keep this to myself. 
I need to tell somebody else about it. And I'm going to stand one day in judgment day. And God's going to look at me and say, what did you do as a steward of the things that I've entrusted you with? What are you going to do? Or what, what have you done with the things that I entrusted you with in your little time here on this earth? Were you a good steward? When redemption is obtained through the new birth, and it's by faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Matthew 26, verse 28. It says, for this, this is Jesus speaking, for this my blood, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Had he not died, we would not have hope of a resurrection. Had he not died, we would not have hope of redemption. But, but he died for our sins. He became the sacrifice for our sins. And through that, we can obtain a new birth because of the sacrifice that he gave. Now, what does that new birth consist of? Now, this, come on, do you believe it? Do you believe it that the new birth consists of repentance? The new birth consists of water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. That the new birth consists of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And I could add to that that the infilling of the Holy Ghost, come on, is evidence. The initial evidence is that you would speak in a language that you do not know. Do you believe it? Are you a good steward of the things that the things of God? Are you a good steward of the mysteries of God? Jesus was explaining that, and that was quite a mystery, this new birth. It was quite a mystery to this man named Nicodemus, who he himself was studied, but he was inquisitive, wanting to know what this message was that Jesus was teaching. And, and when he came to Jesus and he said, what, what are you talking about with this kingdom of heaven? What do I need to do? According to you, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells him, you must be born again. What do you mean born again? He says, you must be born of what? Of water and spirit. You must be born of water and spirit. But have you been born of the water and of the spirit? Have you been born of the water and the spirit? I'm thankful today, come on, that I've been born of the water and of the spirit. I'm thankful that I went down, come on, in baptism, that Jesus' name was called over me. I'm thankful for the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Come on, I'm thankful for the new birth. I'm thankful that I'm living a new life. Peter sums it all up when it was when the question was asked of him on the day of Pentecost, what must I do to be saved? And he said, you must repent. Stop living that sinful life that you've been living and go and want to turn your life over to God and come to him and, and, and you must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We saw them Come on, on that day, uh, there were 120 initially. There were 3,000 then later come on, that were baptized and that were filled with the, uh, with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Come on, and it's still happening today. But are you a good steward of the mysteries of God? I'm going to finish it up here. Because with, with, with the subject of Christian living, 
because it doesn't stop at salvation. Well, that's a, that's a birth. That's a new birth. And now that you've been born again, how do we live? How do we learn to walk? How do we learn to eat? How do we learn, come on, to get through this life? There is, come on, a, a way that God has called us to live as a Christian, um, as a Christian living in this sinful world. I believe that as Christians, we are to love God and to love others. That's the very message of Jesus Christ. In fact, that's the message of the whole Bible. When Jesus summed up all the commandments of the Old Testament, he summed them up in those two, those two things right there. He says, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. As Christians, do you love God? Do you love others? Well, are you a good steward of the very principles of the word of God? Are you a good steward? Do you, do you truly love your neighbor? Do you truly love them? Are you a good steward of these things? As a, as a Christian, are you living a life that is, that consists of holiness, that is pleasing to God both inwardly and outwardly? There ought to be an inward expression of holiness in our life, and there ought to be an outward expression of holiness in our life. Scripture talks about both of these things, that there are things on the inside, that they reveal themselves on the outside. And so are we a good steward of the things that God has called us to in living a life of holiness? Christian living consists of a life of holiness that's pleasing to God both inwardly and Outwardly, in fact, let's just turn. I know we're coming to a close here quickly, but Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse one. Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse one says, "Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman." Okay, there's things on the outside. Nevertheless, he says, "Avoid." If we were to continue. Uh, nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, let every woman uh, ha- have her own husband. We can continue uh, through that whole uh, section there. We're not going to, uh, I won't take the time to do all that today. But if you continue on through that, you see that there are certain ways that you must live your life that, are, uh, that, that have outward things uh, that, that are involved with it and you have inward things that are involved with it. It says, don't, don't defraud not, uh, don't defraud one another. Don't deceive one another. Go on, give yourselves to prayer. There's, there's something about prayer. Uh, don't, uh, it says, uh, these things that uh, affect the inside, the heart. Come on, Ephesians, or I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Hebrews 12, 14 uh, speaks to us about uh, without holiness, you will not see the Lord. Holiness is essential. It is a one of the mysteries of God that we must hold on to and be a good steward of the mystery. And the last thing I'll say is that the church has been called out of the world to be a habitation of God through the Spirit. As a, as a part of the church, as a member of the body of Christ, do you realize that you are the habitation of God? And what do you do? What are you doing as a steward? As a steward of the very place that God inhabits. Are you a good steward of the very place that God 
and habits. Your one, your your body right here, your 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 soul, your your uh, your come on. You are you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are the, the place where God He inhabits the church. We are the habitation of God. Are you a good steward of the very place that God inhabits? Well, we are called to be good stewards of the mysteries of God. And it may remain a mystery to this world, but it's not a mystery to me. Well, I'm thankful that God has revealed it. I'm thankful that, come on, that I have truth. I'm thankful that God, come on, that I'm not left out in the dark. I'm thankful that these things have been brought into the light. Come on, we, your, if your eyes have been opened to his marvelous light, could you just put your hands together here this morning? Amen. If you once were in darkness, but now your eyes have been opened. If what once was a mystery is no longer a mystery to you. Come on, maybe you could just slip up a hand as we just close out this service here this morning. And say, Lord, I am thankful, God, that I'm no longer left out in the dark. God, I'm no longer left with these things. God, being mysterious, God, not understanding them. But Lord, I trust God and I know, Lord, that your word is true. God, I know, God, that you reign supreme, God. God, I know that, G- that you came down and you dwelt on this earth as Jesus Christ. God, that you gave your life for me. God, I know that I'm in need of a Savior. I know that I needed redemption. God, and I do it. God, through the new birth. I do it through repentance. I do it through baptism. God, I obtain salvation. God, through your spirit living and dwelling inside of me. God, help me to be a good steward of this. Help me to never walk away from a life of holiness. God, help me to never walk away. God, let me hold on to this. God, let me buy this truth and sell it not. God, let me hold on to the very things of God, Lord, and not let go of them, God. But also, Lord, let me multiply the value by telling somebody else about it. God, I want to be a good steward of the mysteries. God, I want to be a good steward of this, this word. God, I want to be a good steward of the things that you've given me. Lord, one day, one day I'll stand before you and I want to hear those words, well done, well done, a good and faithful servant. I mean, those are the words that he expressed to the one that he gave ten talents. Those are the words that he said to the one who he gave five talents and they both went and they multiplied it. They were good stewards of the mysteries. They they didn't go and they didn't they didn't um, they didn't just you know toss this to the side. They didn't just bury it. They didn't just take this on and say, "Well, seems like an okay book. Maybe that's for somebody else." These seem like you know some okay things that that the preacher's preaching that he would tell me, but that may you know that's not for me right now. When God is, 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 He's worked on some things in your heart, don't let go of them. Come on, don't, don't lessen the value. Don't cheapen this. Don't cheapen this gospel. God has given you something that is invaluable. Amen. Be, be a good steward of the mysteries of God. Amen. Praise God. Can we just sing, can we sing a song here this morning? So our Sunday school classes are making their way in. Falling in love.